Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So maybe he's gonna, he's gonna play gonna left wing, back. he's gonna be a consideration again, isn't he? The Fantasy Football Show. Hello everybody, welcome to another Planet FPL clash of the correspondents, Bono Shames, and on this COTC, we're looking forward to a, a game week twenty-one. West London Derby, which will kick off the longest game week of the season. Probably. Let me firstly introduce you to our Chelsea correspondent, Gary Mantle. How are you, Gary? Hello, mate. A little bit better than last time, actually. So, yeah, good. Thank you. Good. And our Fulham correspondent, Dara Covington. How are you, Dara? Very good. Thank you. Good stuff. Now, Gary, Dara's got some experience of doing this uh, fixture previously on COTC. I don't think you have. Is this a rivalry or not? Um, it's it's a little bit one way in terms of who doesn't like who and the results as well. To be honest, um, it's this isn't like a, it's not a huge game for us. Our, our big game is Tottenham, who feel exactly the same way about us as we feel about Fulham. Yeah, our big game's um, Arsenal, mate. <laughs> exactly, that's it. Uh, which is probably helps us have such a good record against Tottenham, but then I can't probably why we got such a good record against Fulham. Um, to be honest, if you if all the West London teams were in the league, QPR would probably be more of a big game for us. That's not like historical, I presume. It, yeah, it is. And maybe it's a difference with the fans and uh, how much they want to like give it some to us because Fulham aren't like the hilarious bunch, are they? Like, if you wanted to have a Premier League game where you're like, this is definitely not going to go off, you'd put Fulham and Bournemouth together, wouldn't you? Or maybe even Brighton. Well, you you just you decided to wake up and choose anarchy today, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> but it's, this, this is just like okay. The last time that I went to QPR away, we had two players sent off, and our captain ended up in court on a racism charge. Like that's a derby. Like Fulham, when when they beat us in two thousand six, we had fifty old men in chinos doing knee slides in the penalty area. Like that's about as naughty as it gets. And even then, they've won. In our lifetime, they've beaten us twice. One of them was last season. I said it took four points off you in the league last year. I know you've already won at Craven Cottage this season. Mm-hmm. So the recent results yeah. don't suggest it's completely one-sided. No, and I was actually surprised. I did look it up that it's only twice that we've lost. Um, both of them were at the cottage as well. So it was Stanford Bridge. Yeah, they haven't come and got a result, which just sounds like such a stupid thing to say on a preview before the Chelsea Fulham game. Is that right, Dara? You've never won at Stanford Bridge. Is that correct? I don't know. But I'm aware of 
Certainly I mean, not in our lifetime. Yeah, possibly pre Premier League era. Yeah, but certainly not probably in our in, in our lifetimes. Okay, yeah, no. I get that. But you can, you can take some inspiration from Brentford though, can't you, Darren? That'd be great. I mean, we've just had our first big scalp of the season recently, which felt like getting a monkey off our back. We've been close a couple of times and not quite got over the line. Like the Liverpool game was just absolutely sickening. United a couple of times. We've just dropped the ball and yeah, it's nice to finally get that one big win. So yeah, it just shows that we're capable of doing it on the day, but whether or not that materialises or not. I'd like to thank you for that big win, by the way. It's great. I was happy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can all share a dislike for Arsenal here on this podcast. That's nice. Don't you, Gary? You normally have a love in with Arsenal, though, don't you? I know that's what you like to think. But no, do you know how annoying it is for us to just continually be on the verge of beating them and then throw it away in just new and exciting ways like Kante slipping over or even if it's only Ray Parler or whatever it is, it's just somehow they're just always going to end up beating us. And it is. It's infuriating. <laughs> you chose anarchy and you also chose to bring up some really bad memories on this podcast as well. Because you chose to bring up a record against Arsenal. I didn't know that was going to come up, did I? <laughs> Let me ask you though, Gary, if the two of you obviously both got Carabao Cup semi-finals this week. If you met in the final, mm-hmm. would that change the narrative around the game a little bit, maybe? Because you wouldn't want to lose to him in the final, would you? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't want to lose to anybody at the final. Well, no, I the get final. that. Um to be honest, if you gave me the choice of who I was going to lose to in the final, I'd rather lose to Fulham than Liverpool. I've, we've lost so many finals to Liverpool and semi-finals and all of this. Um, we have had an FA Cup semi-final with Fulham like 22 years ago, which we won. At Villa um, Park. But, and you're going to tell yeah, me that John Terry right. scored that day, aren't you? Well, I don't need to now because you've told me. Okay, yes, he did. But, uh, um, no, like... Liverpool's a proper like rivalry for us, uh, and it's because of where we've been as clubs. Now it's now it's sort of embarrassing to say it because they're so far ahead of us. But in sort of recent memory, it's been us and them going for the same trophies, which is why we end up meeting in so many finals, and somehow they always beat us on penalties. So I would not. I'd rather not lose another final to Liverpool. If I had to lose a final, I'd lose it to Fulham rather than Liverpool. Now, how would it feel for you if you played Chelsea? in a Carabao Cup final. Is that like best and worst thing at the same time? Yeah, you obviously don't want to lose. Uh, I mean, I prefer I prefer anybody over Liverpool at the moment, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we need to get to the final first. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it sets it up for either like a glorious win or an, an ungodly defeat where you would, just get bragging rights. Would it be biggest game in Fulham's history if it happened? Final, um, it'd be up there. I don't know if it would would do the uh, the UEFA Cup or the yeah sure. Um, but yeah, it'd certainly be up there. We've never been been there before, so it's new territory for us. How'd you fancy your chance of making it? We'll see. I'm not, I don't fancy us over two legs, but you never know. I've been. Mean... You you went up there recently in the league and you very nearly beat them to go back to what you said about scouts, right? Were you free two up with 10 minutes to go? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, I mean, how big of a loss is Salah going to be to them? Um, we could take advantage of that, but then we've got our own players who are missing as well. So, look, just depends on the day. If we can keep it tight from the first leg and take it back, then you never know. 
I suppose Gary would be a show in the park against Middlesbrough, wouldn't it? Because Chelsea stroll through these games, yeah. Um, it might be in the same way that Luton was a stroll in the park until we nearly threw it away with what ten or fifteen minutes to go. That's that's the kind of thing we'll do. But I mean, the second legs at home, surely we've got to get through. I'm not saying that we will, but we have to really, don't we? Um, even if it's up there and it's tricky and you like get a draw or whatever. Surely we'll have too much with them at the bridge. Yeah, you would think even even if you you probably you got that went up there and got beat by a goal, you'd still mm-hmm. fancy turning it round in the second leg, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Does that Luton game kind of sum up where Chelsea are at? In the Completely. sense that in one game you've made it as comfortable as anybody has going there this season, and yet by the end it's like scrambling for the final whistle. That's right. Um and it sort of shows our naivety. Because you should we shouldn't end up in that position. Um, given where we were, given that we were 3 0 up and we were pretty much strolling. Well, that's probably the problem, isn't it? That we started strolling. And then uh, you know what Luton can do because they've done it to everybody else that's gone there. And we're one of the few that's gone there and put up like a decent performance, as you say. But, I mean, other other sort of bigger sides have, but we'd actually managed to get the, the margin as well with the goals. And then, yeah, the sort of inexperienced shows. And then, I mean, how many set pieces like we want to give Luton? Like who are how's the most likely way they're going to score against us? I mean, we don't expect it to be Ross Barkley, but still, you don't want to give them like corners, free kicks, and like all of this kind of stuff. And that's just that's the naivety of the team. Um, and if other teams against us do sort of get a handle on the game and come at us, we're just we're not that good. We don't really know how to deal with it. Talk to me about Thiago Silva if you can. I've called him out a little bit recently in terms of him needing to be protected in the team. Do you agree with that statement or not? Uh, not as I'm, I wouldn't say I'm as forceful in that way as you are, but there are a large number of our fans that are. Um, I think we can all say that this has got to be his final season and he needs phasing out. And I do think the mistakes have started creeping in a little bit. Um, and I don't know how much of that is down to the position of like the rest of our players or whatever. If he's ended up in a bit more trouble than he'd usually end up in, but I still think he's pretty solid. And to be honest, the way that Dzhasi and Badia Shield are playing, Thiago is still the best centre back we've got. I mean, Levi Colwell might even be the best centre back we've got. We just never play him a centre back. So... Come back to what you said there about inexperience a little bit, right? Because it, it feels like the team still needs him. Does. From, from a leadership, does. I realise he's not been wearing the captaincy armband, but he's old, he's old enough to be after team's dad, isn't he? So yep. he obviously carries incredible experience and he's been an unbelievable player. I guess what you're saying about the two potential, let's call them understudies for the moment, or people that might take over from him, you're saying they're not good enough at the moment? That's right. Um, they're not good enough at the moment. They, pro- they might need a bit more experience or they might just not be good enough. I don't know. I mean, that. A lot of our players are so young that I don't want to judge them and go, oh, yeah, this is the final thing. With that said, Dezassi is actually one of the older ones. But even when we played against um, Palace at home, Thiago Silva didn't play. And there's, you, you sort of realise that you're missing a little bit of the defensive organisation. Like the goal that, um, that Palace scored against us and Elisa is just free in the back post. And, but also part of it is that it was a sort of second phase and we didn't get out in the first phase. It was something that Chris Wilder talked about Sheffield United not doing the day before. And then we went and did it exactly the same thing and Thiago Silva is the one that leads all of that you look at a, a, a back four of Colwell Badishil um, Dezazi and Gusto who's the one that's leading that I mean, probably Colwell 
and he's pretty inexperienced. So, and then we've got a goalkeeper behind them who's only played what five games something in the country. He was yeah. playing in MLS before now. So, yeah, defensive organisation. We we absolutely need him because he's the one that's yeah. What's the solution for this thinking longer term, almost beyond this season as well? Obviously, Wesley Fofana will be back, hopefully, Touchwood for you next season. But does that add anything in terms of from a leadership perspective? Or does Chelsea need to go and buy an experienced defender? Or perhaps the wider question is, would you even consider doing that because of the profile of players you normally go and buy? Well, no, I would love us to go and buy an experienced defender. But I don't think we're going to. Because that does just does not seem to be the model. If it was me, I'd go and ask Rafael Varane if he wants to come and play for us for a bit. Because if he's not getting the Man United's team, he's old, he's experienced, he's like the kind of profile that I'd like to look at. Now I'm sure he'll have other offers, but I I don't think we can continue just with with all these young players. Because what's going to happen once we've, we've seen now? Once you take Thiago Silva and Raheem Sterling out of the side, our average age is like. Insanely young. We were we were on that list as as we pointed out. We were like in the lowest eight, and as you said, fifty percent of them were like end of season games. So in terms of like an actual eleven of someone selecting, and that's I was missing two players now. That's where that's where we are. So we we need something. We need something with more experience, um, and that's not as old as Thiago Silva. As a as a rival looking at Chelsea, what do you what have you made of them in the transfer business over the last eighteen months or so? It's baffling to me. Um, I don't know. I just look at the money that's been spent, and I don't know if the team's really been greatly improved with all that money. Um, there's some good players in there, but they just don't look like a cohesive unit. I think they'll get out of it, so we'll probably fancy our chances or to get something from the game. Is that just a fair, straightforward analysis, Gary? Um, pretty much, yeah. And as I say, when teams when teams do come at us, we we do struggle. And there's just yeah, there's, there's no experience. I mean, even like the midfield too that we spent so much money on. They're 22 years old. Like Casado's actually only played a handful of games in the country, and that was mainly at Brighton. And then Fernandez has been here for a year now, so they're they're good players, but. You'd want something else around them. You wonder, like now in hindsight, you think, should they have tried to like keep someone like Kovacic, just for example, someone who actually knows what he's doing, someone who's got a bit of experience so that sort of Gallagher and Enzo and Kaiseido can play with someone like him rather than like, oh, go on, and you three, you're all good players, go and figure it out. And they are all good players, but it's like, who are they learning from? They're sort of like learning on the job kind of thing, which you just, you don't always get away with in the Premier League. It's probably why we lost so many away games in a row. So timestamp, it's Sunday morning when we're pre-recording this and that needs to be done because the transfer window is open. It seems quiet at the moment, Gary. Are you going to go mental this month? Like what what's happening? What's the word? The word is that most of us are scared that we are going to go and start buying players. So, I mean, that's a weird position to be in, isn't it? Scared that you're going to buy players. Can can you Ooh. elaborate on why? Um, part of it is because we're probably going to have to sell in order to buy. And the player that we're probably going to sell is Conor Gallagher, who, at the end of the day, whether you rate Conor Gallagher or I rate Conor Gallagher or anybody rates him, it doesn't matter. Pochettino picks him every week and he's 
third in line for the captaincy, which at Chelsea means he's the captain because Rhys James and Ben Chilwell are the two that are above him. So he's the captain and he starts every week and they're thinking of selling him. Well, that can't be Pochettino's decision, can it? So this is where it's a mess. And we'll go and buy other young players that aren't going to be what we need. We don't need more exciting youth coming through. We've got that. Conor Gallagher absolutely doesn't want to leave Chelsea. I'm certain of that as an outsider. Mm -hmm. So why would the football club contemplate doing it? Because we're a bunch of idiots. Because he's the most sellable asset that we've got from our youth side. He's the one that we'll get the most money from. Even though we've got other youth players that we should sell ahead of him. Uh, They're talking about loaning Matson. Pochettino doesn't fancy him, so fine. I'd love him to have made it at Chelsea, but that's not going to happen. He didn't even get a start yesterday, so that's clearly that's done. He'll be he'll be out. Um, so get some money from him. Trevor Chalaba has been injured all season, but they can sell him. We need to have a like conversation somewhere behind the scenes about what we're going to do with Armando Broya, because I'm not really sure that he's good enough. But he's I mean he's only 22. Something that frustrates me there is that people judge Breuer as if he's about 19 or 20, and they judge Jackson as if he's 25, 26. They're the same age. It's just that, obviously, the people in charge decided to spend money on one of them. So it's yeah, like, I get One's it. come through the football club, one's come from the That's outside. Right. Yeah. So, but whose fault's that? That's not Jackson's fault, is it? Like he's, he, I don't think he, he, he quite often looks like he's not ready to be like the man leading the line. Doesn't mean that he won't be in the future, and I hope that he will be. But he's not the one that put himself in that position. They put him in that position. What we have ideally is somebody a bit more experienced and he's the one that learns from him or plays instead of him and sometimes with him. But actually, we've got Jackson and Breuer who are the same age. So it's like... Uh, it, the analogy I would use is if like if I told my four-year-old to go to the shops and he goes, but I can't cross the road, I go, all right, take your sister with you, he's two. Like, it's not, it's not helping, is it? It's... If it was uh, um, Ivan Tony up front. The analogy you're using is quite dangerous. That's what Chelsea are being, isn't it? Correct. That's it. That's what we're doing. This is it. You're like, this is is madness. This doesn't make sense. You're not addressing the problem. You're just like, I don't even know what what, they're doing What have have Chelsea got to do in the remainder of this season to avoid a big problem in the summer in terms of having to sell players? Yeah. I don't know, to be honest. Um, we, I don't think you ever quite know the ins and outs of like teams' finances, do you? So, there'll be rumours, and some will say it's this and some will say it's that. I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty likely that we're not going to make our obligations without selling at the moment. So how much that is that we need to sell? I don't know. And in the meantime, these idiots are probably going to go and buy what are Fulham likely to do this month, if anything at all? I presume Paulinho is going to stay, right? Well, it looks like at the moment, yeah. Probably till the summer, at least. Um, I don't know. We're we're quite in a different position to Chelsea in that we've got the oldest squad in the league and quite got a lot of experience. So we're looking actually for youth to come through. Um, I thought that we would spend a bit of money, but then recent comments from Silva seem to indicate that, similar to Chelsea, we might have to sell before we buy someone, so it might be one out before somebody comes in, which is fine. 
we can chip, it looks like Vinicius could be going, so that might free up a spot. Lukic has been linked with Napoli, which also might free up a spot in midfield. Um, but as to who those players might be, I'm, I'm not sure at this point. There have been some big names linked, but I think that's gone quiet. I presume the letting go of Vinicius would partly be because Raul Jimenez has rediscovered himself a little bit. The last time you guessed it on this podcast, Dara, Bradley Parker was with you, who obviously had Jimenez at Wolves. And, and we had a bit of a laugh, unfortunately, at saying his best has gone. Since then, has he rediscovered it, Dara? I did I did say that the, the Munia's injury and him coming back might be a turning point for him because it looked like that was that was kind of his chance over. Yeah. But yeah, I mean if you look at the last six game weeks, he's only second for goals behind Solanke. But not just that, that, mate. that he got sent off at Newcastle and cost you a game. <laughs> and then the two games he was suspended for afterwards you didn't score. He comes back against Arsenal, scores your first goal, you win the game. There's an easy narrative there to say he's become quite important for you. Definitely. Yeah, it looks like he's got his confidence back. Uh, yeah, we looked a bit lost when he was gone. I think, well, there was probably some other players as well. William was injured, who really is a, a big creative outlet for us. Um, so he was a big loss as well. But yeah, I think Rose, he's all right. We'll keep hold of him. Gary, you obviously had William at your place for a very long time, club legend, I'm presuming, but obviously went to Arsenal, your mates, and didn't go well. Are you surprised that he's kind of rediscovered himself again at Fulham? Uh, yeah, because in the meantime, obviously, he went back to Brazil and you just assumed that that was it. Sees out his career over there. Well done. Because he was with us for quite a long time. Um, he has been better than I thought he would be for Fulham, but Chelsea fans are happy for him. He was a bit underappreciated, I think, Bearing in mind, he played on the same team as Eden Hazard, so it's, you're never going to outshine him, are you? So I think people didn't quite uh, get what Williams contributing. Uh, if you if you compare them, it's the same as like having Mane and Salah sort of thing. It's all about Salah, but Mane was just as important, and that's what we had with William, sort of and Pedro. But um, he's he's a great player. He's so experienced. He knows how to use his experience. He's probably the one that I'm more worried about than um than Jimenez. Oh the uh the old flame coming back to haunt you if you will. Yeah and also just the number of times that we sort of squeeze forward and then get hit on the break and he's the one that's got a bit more pace and yeah I mean that's it Ross Barkley scored against us last week so we'll in this week isn't it? Yeah there has been a, a a narrative Dara about your results being better when he plays. Um, I don't know if there's there's something to be said about the fact that he does seem to start more home games than away games, but he missed that same three game spell that Jimenez missed. Would you therefore say William was actually the bigger myth? Quite possibly. I mean, uh, in most of our games, he tends to be the outlet for when we're trying to get forward, and whether it's him bombing down the wing or just slowing up play to allow others to get into the play. He, he's absolutely vital in just keeping possession and and creating chances. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of been our issue. It's not been creating the chances. It's been the striker on the end of it. And now Rose just finally kind of clicking in and just getting into the right positions, whereas there just hadn't been that link up and 
people weren't on the same wavelength prior to, to him starting to hit the back of the net. So I'm hoping that's going to work for us, but you never know. Is he being rightfully completely overlooked as an FPL option here, William? Because a lot of people uh, are looking to buy midfielders this week. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't. I think it's very difficult at the best of times to even pick a Fulham result, let alone pick the player that's going to score the points. I think they're a little bit too scattered around to actually say, yes, Willian is going to be the one that's, that's going to create the most they're going to score. So, yeah, I'd probably just avoid. And Alex Iwobi, who might have been an alternative, has obviously gone to AFCON to represent Nigeria. How much of a miss is he going to be for you over this period? Pretty big. He's our highest expected goal involvement amongst midfielders. So yeah, I think he's going to be. Do you know what? When you loss. said that stat, I wanted to check that you weren't in the bottom three, Dara. Alex Iwobi and expected goals being high. What's all that about? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's just. I don't know. He's. I don't think he's ever really clicked at any of the clubs he's been at properly. So he's finally just. Yeah, he's just found a little space, and whether that's on the right or in behind the striker or on the on the left, yeah, it's just working. Yeah, I mean, it's very energetic play. I think we even saw that in his later days with with Everton as well. You you look a more dynamic team when he plays. I want to yeah. say, I think, um, and therefore, I think he will be a miss. Does that mean Bobby Deckard over Reeves, like you say, increased minutes over this period? Do you think? I would think so, yeah. Silva tends, he, I don't know, he just doesn't seem to favour Harry Wilson at the moment. So I reckon, yeah, Bobby will probably get the nod. I think it's that, isn't it? I think because William plays on the left and obviously wants to come onto his right so much, he obviously can hit the byline as well still. But Wilson's the same as he wants to come inside on his on his left all the time, isn't it? Whereas I think Deckard over Reed or Iwobi are real kind of variants to that. I think, I think it's ball retention as well. I think Wilson likes to play on the on the last man and get in behind as well and use his pace, whereas Reid just offers a bit more all-round game. So I think he'll probably get the nod. Gary, who's likely to be your FPL captain game at 21, mate? It's on Palmer at the moment. Oh, look at you. You found yourself, haven't you? Is that the intention? <laughs> Don't know. Maybe. Um, He's... It can go either way with Palmer. I completely understand why people benched him last week. Because if you, if you had a lot of other options, we've got that ability to just not turn up for any game, just to, you know, almost completely by chance. Which currently we've transferred to Arsenal, which is nice. But you could see how Luton was going to be a, a tough game for us. He's definitely going to start anyway. He starts every game. I mean, we've got the uh, Carabao game away on Tuesday night and he's going to start that as well so might be the is there, is there any concern in that, that he started Preston will start no. Middlesbrough no 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 it doesn't concern me like it, I mean the Borough game's on Tuesday as well and he's he's fit enough I've, I haven't seen anything from him that he, he's not the kind that plays in that like all action type he's too clever for that he's the kind that finds the space and like sometimes just makes it look too easy sort of thing um such as his second goal against Luton, which when you look at it properly, like it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Because you think, you think the goalkeeper's like sort of tackled him kind of thing, but he hasn't. 
Palmer's managed to drag it around him. So he's just his confidence is like through the roof. Uh, the problem probably is that his direct opponent is Raul Polina. Um, so Palmer's going to have to go elsewhere to find space, which he doesn't mind doing, but it might mean that he's a bit further away from the box. So I don't know. But then if we do get a penalty, it's going to be Palmer that takes it and he takes the corners. So it's, yeah, if it's just, shut, what, no what you just said about Paulinho, I think it's quite off-putting from a captaincy perspective. Yeah, that's my concern. That's that's the main thing. If we were playing against a team that didn't have such a good player in that position, I'd be like, it's Palmer all day long because he's going to do exactly what he did against Luton. He's going to find that space and somehow get in behind centre-backs and this kind of thing. But yeah, so uh, I don't know that it's definitely going to be him. I think he's at least going to be the vice. Um, Is he going to play in that 10 role now? Or are we going to get this kind of floating towards the right or changing position with whoever plays on the right? He will change position, and that's not really a bad thing because he did that against Sheffield United, yeah. and actually that was better for him because it was Sterling that went in the middle. Yeah, um, and and that, that's fine, and that's the kind of thing that I do want to see us do. I, I don't know why you would take sort of the attacking midfielders that we've got and put them rigidly in one position when you know that they can do different things and sort of pull the opposition about and everything like that. And he can, he, he I mean, he can play. Anywhere really, we've used him in, in all of the positions. Not so much on the left, because why would you? But we've used him as the sort of false nine. We've used him on the right. We've used him in the centre, and he's he's absolutely fine with all of it. Um, I assume it's going to end up being frustrating, and we're just going to be looking to him to do something. And quite often he does. So, Is he absolutely, definitely the best defensive Chelsea player to own? Yeah, definitely. even just remove the price for the moment. Yeah, like, I mean, for a start, he's the only one that's nailed. Um, you thought that Sterling was nailed. We all thought that Sterling was nailed, and then he got dropped at Luton after being suspended in midweek, which was mm. quite quite big. Uh, and that's the kind of thing, even though I own Sterling in FBL, I'm happy to see that kind of thing. It's good Pochettino's making these decisions, going, right, just because you are one of the second most experienced player who's got all these caps and all of that, doesn't mean you're automatically getting in the team. And he played Nani Madureki instead, who did well. So, do, you like, do you like self-inflicted punishment, Gary? Um, well, you see, if I was the kind of person that had benched Palmer, I'd have got him off the bench. But I wasn't. I'd bench a different Chelsea player, which is Gusto. And got him <laughs> off the bench instead for his zero pointing. So have you not um, got Palmer? I've got Palmer. Yeah, You've got Palmer. Palmer. Right. I started Palmer. I've got the triple Chelsea. Right. But yeah. the one that I was always looking to get rid of after this week was Sterling, who now yep. might not even start this week anyway. But for this little run, I thought, well, he'll get banned at one point and he'll definitely play all the other ones. So yeah, once again, I, I was completely I, wrong. And that didn't happen. Yeah, well, exactly. What do you think is behind that? The, I mean, it wasn't just that he didn't start at Lewin. It was the fact that he wasn't used at all as well. Mm. But obviously he played against Preston. So I presume yeah. there's no real reason to be alarmed that something's happened behind the scenes or anything like that. No. And... I wouldn't be that surprised. So, well, we talked about it off camera, but Christopher Nkunku is not going to play against Fulham. He's injured. So, Breuer is almost certainly going to have to start. And if it was Palmer in the 10, Madureki on the right and Sterling on the left, I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, that would arguably be the best lineup that we could come up with okay. from an attacking point of view. What would you uh, say to but, anyone who, who doesn't own Palmer for FPL? Like, He's 
we don't like to use the season keepers and the set and forget or whatever, but like, why would you not have him in your squad? He's playing like an asset that's not what he costs. I don't even know what he costs now because I've had him for a while, but it's five points something. And he plays like a seven, eight, whatever. He is to us what Saka is to Arsenal. And I know that Saka's returns haven't necessarily been there, but you look at like Arsenal's expected goal involvement stats and Saka is miles ahead and Palmer is miles ahead. You look at the West Ham game for Arsenal, actually, and Saka had something like 10 shots. It's like he is always involved. Whether or not he comes off is a different matter, but that's what Palmer is for us. That's the player that we always look for. So I'd, you, you can't have a different Chelsea attacker over Palmer. That's for certain. And I think you're always likely to lose ground without Palmer because he's got that explosive capability. He can yeah. even if he even if he doesn't have a particularly good game, he does take the corners, he does set the penalties, so he can get a double figure haul, even if he's quiet. Uh, yeah, I fully intend to buy him this week, Gary. But I'd, I'd like to see him get through the Middlesbrough game first and foremost. Um, have you got him yourself, Dara? Palmer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Captaincy consideration. I've got him vice at the moment, but yeah, I'll have a I'll have closer the time. Close to the deadline and see. Who have you got it on at the moment? Uh, I've got it on Alvarez. I think Newcastle still look a bit leggy and a bit shaky at the back. But Mr. Robot might be back. And I guess for some people, they might need to fund it by selling an Alvarez to perhaps something cheaper and then moving something else up to Holland, for example. You guys can debate it out. It would be the better investment right now then, Dara. Would it be Breuer? Or Jimenez? I don't know what Broya is, but I would suspect that he probably won't last that long, would he? He's 4.9. That's cheap. Jimenez, 5.2. I suppose it's possibly dependent on that, isn't it? I think maybe Broya, I guess, with Nkunku injured, Jackson gone to AFCON. He's going to get a little bit of a run here, isn't he, Gary? But then... I don't know. It feels like it's game transfer. Yeah, game week twenty-two. Yeah, game week twenty-two is three weeks away, and the transfer window's open as well. Is that is that just too dangerous to go down that route, Gary? Because on the face of it, four point nine Chelsea forward, we arguably should be considering, right? So if you're happy to have Archer, then you might as well have Broya because you know that Broya is going to get these games, and you never if, like if you never start we, Archer. We know he's going to get a game at the moment. Well, that's true. He's going to get, going to get just a full game. For me, no, I wouldn't go there. If I was going to buy either of them, I'd buy him in it. He's the, he's the first-choice striker at Fulham. And Breuer's our third-choice striker. So why would you bother? Yeah. And, uh, like, and to also, he hasn't shown anything to suggest that he's actually going to particularly be in amongst the points. Have, have we come to a full circle with him and there's so far that he is a legitimate fantasy consideration here? Yeah, I don't think there's too many. I mean, he's now... First choice, which there was a little bit of doubt at the start of the season where he was in and out of the team. And I don't know, we didn't know what we were doing. I don't think there's probably too many more teams that you could find a first choice striker at that price who is actually scoring at the moment as well. I mean, Solanke's what, seven something. So there's another two million on top of that. There's not too many in around that price. Yeah, and look at what's coming up following the West London derby. You've got Everton at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home. Another home game against Villa, who are far stronger at home than they are away. Game at 26, you go to Old Trafford if you don't make the Carabao Cup final. Brighton, Wolves, Tottenham, Sheffield United, Forest, follow that. 
it's a good long-term sustained run if people want to think a little bit longer term about this as well and use him. The thing is at that price as well, you don't you don't have to start bench more often than that. Yeah. Yeah, he's very much in, in terms of consideration for me as a potential Solanke to Jimenez at some point in these four coming weeks. If I need to find a little bit of that money, would actually be part for me probably finding more for Mo Salad and Holland. But I think there'll be people in that circumstance this week. And I wouldn't mind it at all. I think him and his probably the standout now, sort of under five and a half in terms of the forwards. I, I can't think there's a better one to go to at this minute. No, I can't either. Usually you just go down to a 4.5 or whatever the, the lowest is. That's just going to be a dud that starts and gets you two points. And if you've been ready for it, you can obviously go with Munez as well and go for the two of them. And presumably at least one of them will start, right, Dara? Yeah, I wouldn't go that. It is amazing how it works, isn't it? Because if Muniz hasn't got hadn't got that injury against Manchester United, we really might not be having this conversation now, right? Possibly not, because it, it looked he was really lively for that game and yeah. went off. And yeah, interesting swings and roundabouts. Eh? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Gary. In terms of Chelsea's own fixtures after Fulham, you go to Liverpool in the league. It's obviously cup commitments as well. Wolves at home, Palace away, and then your fixture run gets pretty difficult itself, I think. Particularly, obviously, if you made the Carabao Cup final blanking against Tottenham and being a fixture behind probably won't help. But we know it's a fixture you normally win, Gary. But does there feel real pressure on these next four to get points on the board? Is it, you know, if you're going to make a run at top four, is it kind of now or never? Or, or are you at the stage that that's too far away? Villa are too far away already. We're not going to make top four. Um, fifth, fifth, fifth's now. got to be possible though, isn't it? Possible, and fifth might yeah. be enough. So I would say that given what I've seen, the way that the season has gone, fourth would have been our ceiling. Because there's three teams I think that are a lot better than us, which is City, Arsenal and Liverpool. Like the, the miles better. Liverpool have surprised people, I think, with how good they've been and how solid they've been, given they lost their whole midfield and everything like that. And the only game they've lost was the game that we know about. So they are, they're, they're miles ahead of us, those three. So then it's about, can we be the team that puts together that good run, which currently is Villa, which could be Tottenham, um, who are the two that have like really exceeded expectations and then West Ham as well. And then, so we're more in that other pack with sort of Brighton, Man United, Newcastle, where we've lost fewer games, I think, than Man United and Newcastle. That's correct, yeah. And we've won, yeah, you won, we've won the same number as Brighton. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But 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 yeah, in terms of yeah, you know, what we say about like their seasons and like our season and whatever, that's that's sort of where we are. Um Newcastle are probably lower than I think a lot of people realise. Um but then as I say, yeah, if we if we were to win by three goals, we'd go above Brighton and we'd get into seventh. It'd be the first time we've moved in god knows how long. Um I don't think we're gonna win by three goals, spoiler, but um it's now that we need to move, because as you say, in the next after the next four games, then we're really going to struggle to get up the table. We love that, and we say after the next four games, which includes a trip to Anfield. We always draw with them. Like, well done. Not, Click that, please, Nico. Thanks, mate. But neither team has beaten the other one since um, well, since we all came back from COVID. Every single game has been a draw. If we go in there and get a draw, I'll be astonished and I'll be delighted. But. <laughs> Hopefully, they sort of struggle for something without Salah and we can just go there and 
yeah, get out with what would be a yeah. great result for us. But yeah, yeah but this is it. That we need to start winning these games. We need to our home form's been good, to be fair. We didn't lose in November or December. And we won most of them. Um but our away form's been a bit sketchy. Dodgy. Yeah, we lost four in a row before we went to Luton. Yeah, I mean to be honest with you, Gary, things like you losing at Wolves, and I know you had Ooh. chances, particularly the Sterling that was at nil nil at the time, wasn't it? Yep. But it didn't come as any surprise that you lost there, I think, to to most of us. And admittedly, Wolves have been very strong yeah. at home this season. Yeah, they have been. Um, and it wasn't really a surprise that we lost at Newcastle because they've been good at home. Um, we should have played better at Man United. And who's the other one? Everton. So Everton didn't surprise me either because I've seen us play out that game hundreds of times. You know, we have all the ball. We have no idea what to do with the ball and then we get hit. But these are tough. These are tough games. We need to start winning tough games. If we otherwise, you don't deserve to be like. It's uh, I mean, look, it, it probably you've obviously had big injuries this season, which I think because some of them, like Fafana, have been so long term, have kind of been forgotten about. But are, are we at the stage now where Pochettino has been in for five months or so now, and excuses are need been in now? Go and win football so, matches. So I, I was never. There's only one injury that's happened this season that I felt a bit sorry for him, and that was Nkunku, because he spent all the preseason trying to get him integrated. He played every preseason game, him and Jackson, and then on the eve of the season, he gets injured. Because Pochettino's new, he hasn't been there long enough to know who else can do what else, because it was obvious like how we were going to play. So that one I felt sorry for him for. All of the others, it's like, our squad is still good enough. I look at the team that we've got, even like the team that we had against Palace, who did win. That, that team should be winning. It's still a good team. Um, you know they're going to have games where the inexperience shows, but in general, they should still be a good enough side. Um, I do think if we lost Thiago Silva, actually, that would be quite a big miss. Because that's, yeah, that's where it. we're looking for the uh, experience. And even now, when Pochettino doesn't start him, he still brings him on. He comes on most games that he doesn't start. But I think he's come on every game that he doesn't start. Yeah, so by the way, my, my, my criticism, I, I always feel when I say, you you know, Gary, I always feel I have to justify it by saying he's one of the best centre-backs I've ever seen because I don't want to criticise him because I think he's been so good. It, but I do feel it's a, like, got to play him, also got to protect him. That's just how it feels to me at the moment. Yeah. And even then, with like a lot of the injuries that we've had, it's not like we're losing experience because actually our more experienced players have still been there. We just don't have any experienced players. Like silver and sterling, that's it, and then maybe Sanchez on uh, and Kunku briefly. Where do you expect? I haven't seen a little bit of him now. Where do you expect him to play as and when he is back? And to clarify, Pochettino said at the weekend that he does expect him to miss about three weeks, which from an FPL perspective might only be one week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still I don't see him as like the main striker, um, although. He sort of started like that, I think, against um, against Palace. But he needs he needs somebody close to him. If he's going to do that, he does need somebody close. And I suppose the idea is that they sort of switch around. Because we saw, like from Jackson, he doesn't have to play as a centre-forward either. He is a better player than people have been giving him credit for. And I get it from what they've seen. But also from what I've seen, it's like I know that he's more than just a centre-forward. So the ideal is having the two of them, and they sort of interchange. One of them can be further forward and... Or he can drop off. Um, I think it's not necessarily about where he plays; it's about who he plays with. You have to have someone near him. He's like he's not he's not that tall. He's probably quite strong, but he needs someone to sort of play off him. 
Dara, if you win at Stamford Bridge, you got a point behind them. Yeah, but I think we're—I don't know—the the way I've seen other teams so far this season, even if we go above them, I think we're pretty much like one or two places either way. We're probably about where we should be anyway. Like Wolves have been really good, and they're above us. Uh, Bournemouth have just gone on a massive run. They finally clicked for them where they just started terribly. I don't think by the end of the season we'll probably be a million miles off where we are at the moment. So even you, if we do uh, get a win, which would be nice little bragging rights, um, I think we'll pretty much be as we were. Would you rather win at Stamford Bridge or win the League Cup semi-final? I'll take the semi-final. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Um, in the game in I mean, a similar time last year, wasn't it? Early February, I want to say, maybe. It was a Friday night game, wasn't it? You drew nil-nil, Dara. Mm. And the two fullbacks that night were exceptional. Kenny Tete and Anthony Robinson. Who's Robinson, I presume, has definitely got the favouritism at left back at the moment. What's the situation with the, the right hand side? We have had a, a little bit of change in there with Timothy Castagna involved. I think Castagna would probably play. Um, Tete started not, well, not yesterday, the day before uh, against Rotherham and he's just he's come back from injury. It still looks a little bit rusty for me. I think he's not quite got his match fitness back yet, but I would imagine that he would be first choice when fully fit. So I still think Castagna will get the nod for the moment. Okay. But yeah, that that game, Tete was unbelievable. Absolutely be, ridiculous. They were both great that night. Really, really both great. Um, there will be a few people I think are on Castagne. I know there's a lot of the models sort of recommended him for late November, early around, yeah. early December. That would be a hold for you at the moment, I presume, with the fixtures coming yeah, up. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Is Calvin Bassey in as first choice now? Or one, once he comes back from AFCON? Because he's obviously gone oh, away. Would, so Yeah, I would imagine so. So what yeah, are we going to get at, back. At, at Chelsea as the centre-back pairing? Probably Tosin and Diop. I don't think Reims fit yet. So that, we're, we're kind of pigeonholed into playing the two of them. What's the situation with Tosin? Because he's out of contract in the summer, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's going to run us down. Okay. And there's been speculation about Monaco's one team's been mentioned, but um, they've just signed Tilo Kerr from West Ham. And Bayern, yeah. I mean, who would have known that they'd be after centre-backs from London clubs? Uh, hi. Uh, Eric Dyer says hello. So, I mean, that's a potential problem, though, isn't it? Because we've gone from a stage from thinking maybe, well, Ream and Bassey played together for a bit. And Bassey played right-sided centre-back. Many will remember the game at, at Tottenham with the, the two balls out from the back that didn't work. It wasn't his natural side. And that might go the other way, where presumably, I'm going to guess Diop will probably play as the left-sided centre-back, would you say? If that's what it's got to be at Stamford Bridge. Uh, no, I think it'll... You'll oh, go tossing left side, I will can't... I they played know. together at Newcastle, didn't you. they? They played one together. I, I honestly wasn't looking at who's who played where. Um, I think Tosson has played left centre-back before. I could be wrong on that. Okay. I uh, think ultimately, with everybody fit, it'll probably be Bassey and Tosson based on form as well. 
Um, at some point, though, if he's if he's going to piss off in the summer anyway, say you get yourself to a position in the league where you're not going to qualify for Europe, maybe going to be safe from relegation. There's no point, is there? You might as well no, just it, start it, playing towards it, the next season. Yeah, then we'll probably be integrating Diop back in. Gary, who is your favourite partner for Thiago Silva? Probably Levi Colwell and we never play him at centre-back. We did against uh, Arsenal and we defended pretty well that night. Um, certainly in the centre-back position and we gave a goal away. Um, at the moment, otherwise, after that is Badishil and then um, Tazassi. I mean, I could say for fine, I couldn't have really wanted to cop out, but I haven't seen him play. He's been in for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah um, I'd say it's Silver and Colwell. It was Diop left-sided in that game at Newcastle, by the way, Dara. So I think it probably will be him on, on that side. Malagusto, Gary. You've obviously got him in, in FPL. I've got him as well. Um, how long is this likely to last? And and is Ben Shilwell a potential impact? What I mean by that is obviously not a direct impact in terms of right back, but could he, Ben Shilwell's positioning have an impact in terms of Malagusto and what he could be for FPL? possibly, but not, it depends. If you take what we saw in pre-season, then they'll play together. And if you take what we've seen since the season started, then Ben Chilwell's not a consideration as a left-back by Pochettino, which means no. I think Gusto will just play right-back and Chilwell will play 40% of the games at left wing, which is just shoehorning him in where he's not needed, really. So maybe he's gonna, If he's going to play left wing, back. he's going to be a consideration again, isn't he? No, because he's not going to be nailed at left wing. Like We've got right. enough players to play at left wing. It's not as if he's going to start every week. And even then, for the first sort of six weeks, the only position that he, the Pochettino ever changed, not through injury, was his. And it was between um, Mudrick and Chilwell, who was going to start. And you never really knew which one. And it was only when Palmer showed what he could do in the Carabao Cup, that, and then he played away at Fulham, which was like his sort of, breakthrough game that he then started getting in the team and then yep. Pochettino started changing a few things and even then so the next game after Fulham was Burnley and then it was Sterling that was playing on the left so it's not there's not really a space for Chilwell unless he's been a player left back which is what I would do because we're playing Colwell there and I think Colwell's shown a few times that he's just he's not a left back basically Should Colwell owners be concerned or is he just going to play left back then? I'm assuming he's just going to play left back. Okay. So it's me that's concerned rather than them because I don't want him to play there. I want him to play centre back. And for those who don't have Gusto, not too late, still go down? No, not too late. Uh, don't know how long Reese is going to be out for. It sounds like he's going to have the surgery. So that's not a problem. And Gusto, in the last few games, has been our best player. He's, yeah. he's actually one that's showing that he has like come on, that he's looking more like a senior player. And it doesn't seem overawed by the occasion. So yesterday he um he started at left back Gusto because he started out for Gilchrist at right back. Yeah, I don't think that's something he's going to do in the league, not yet anyway. Um, Gilchrist need monitoring at four point zero. Don't think so. Like okay. Gusto's not that much more, is he? And Gusto no, I, I can't imagine that we would play Gilchrist at the expense of Gusto if we were ever going to play Gilchrist. It's because we're playing Gusto at left back like we did yesterday. No, but you've obviously got the, the semi-final games with Middlesbrough. You're obviously through to the, the fourth round. It will be like fourth round, then midweek against Liverpool, weekend against Wolves. I, I want to say Wolves is a Sunday. Am I right in saying that? I think. To be honest, I'm not sure. Um, uh, yeah, and Liverpool on Wednesday. So I think 
your spacing yeah. actually across that period is is not as bad as what you just had with the the three games running from Wolves to Luton. Yeah, I think and Gusto started all three of them. Yes, you are right. Yeah, which I think was a surprise, really. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he was so good against Crystal Palace; he was by far our best player that he couldn't then really take him out of the team for the Luton game. We thought that um, you and I both thought though that you might go with the four centre backs at Luton, didn't we? And let's also be fair to ourselves here, because why not? Badishil ended up being injured anyway because he wasn't even on the bench, so he didn't have four centre backs available. Ah, right. So that doesn't help anybody, does it? <laughs> no, but I don't. I can't. I cannot see him taking Gusto out of the team at the moment, given these fixtures. There's not one that I'm looking at and thinking, "Oh, that's a bit like you wouldn't want him." No, I think. I think he's. He's made himself first choice now. He can play either fullback. Right? If you do want a piece of Chelsea defence, then that's the one to go for. Because he is also attacking. And a briefly, non-fantasy question, Gary. What do you make of Petrovic? He looks um, good. For some reason, a lot of Chelsea fans aren't that sure on Sanchez. But if Sanchez had made a save like the one that Petrovic did that led to one of the Luton goals, they'd all be on at him for how did you manage to push it back down like in, back into the doughty header that led to Adebayo's goal. Yeah, that one. Yeah. They're going to go, why didn't you push that wide? And to be honest, I've not seen Sanchez do something like that. He generally does push it wide. I think Sanchez is a good goalkeeper. Some people seem to hate him because he's absolutely terrible at kicking. Um, I think Petrovic is good. Given the choice, I would rather have Sanchez I think when Sanchez comes back, he's going to be the number one again. And I don't yeah. know when he's going to come back, but I think it's. I don't, this month I, I don't think, yeah, Sanchez isn't long. He's not no, long. That, that's why, hence why I said that not a. Like, I don't think Petrovic could be a fantasy consideration at, at this moment. Uh, Dara, yeah. could, before we finish, Tom Kearney, could he be? I've I kind of flirted with the idea. I'll tell you what really puts me off of him because I might be looking for a, a midfielder at his sort of price value is 4.9. What really puts me off is the idea that you might win that Carabao Cup semi-final and when, I, when he'd be really useful for me, he doesn't play. That's the biggest thing that puts me off, but I think it could be considered at 4.9 otherwise. Potentially, yeah. I think the focus might go to the Cup games if we do advance. Um, yeah, sure. I think there probably will be a handful of games where Reed will will start, um, although he has shown that he can play a couple of 90 minutes back-to-back. So it's looking promising. He looks like he's back to the Kearney of old, which is nice to see because I thought those days were behind him. He just looked like he was really injury-prone and just not able to... We had to manage his minutes for a long time. Yeah, we yeah, said about... Him back. Obviously, William and Jimenez missing had impacted those those kind of free results, which having beaten Arsenal was almost like completely for, forgotten about. But he, Kenny's reintroduction into the team sort of started this little run of those two five nil wins in a row and stuff, didn't it? Yeah, he's he's just a, a more creative player to have alongside. Well, not even alongside Pelinia, he kind of advances a little bit further, but. Uh, yeah, he he's dictates the pace of the game as well, so he can slow it down or speed it up, and he's he's able to pick a pass. So I think he's he's much the better option than Reed if we're actually looking to to go and create something, and especially against, let's say, the lower teams who are going to sit deep. If we want to unlock the defenses, he's probably the one that we need to have in there, or if we want to control the game a little bit more and have a bit more possession, then he's the one who who'll play. Yeah, I think you've been better for it. I think you've been better off kind of moving 
Paul, I'd say moving Paulinho is not not fair, but leaving him more isolated because you can because his ball winning skills are, are so good that you can get away with I, it. And I think it also goes hand in hand with Reem dropping out and Bassi and Tosin being the two centre backs because they've got a bit more pace about them now and they can push up and they're comfortable okay, advancing yeah. the ball yeah, as that well. Makes sense. So I think you've got Polinia kind of as that one defensive midfielder, but then you've got the two centre backs right up behind him who also are able to yeah, track so back if I they get need it. To. Yeah, yes, you're not giving away as as much space in the the midfield area. You're giving up a little bit more behind. Whereas Reem never had the pace. If someone put a long ball in over the top, he was he was dead. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. When I've seen you, and I, to be honest, I didn't see the the bad results that you had, but the bits I'd seen of you, I feel like you've become a more attractive side to watch since Kearney's come back in the team. But that's an interesting point you've made now, which I hadn't considered that. Yeah, fair Joes. Uh, before we let you go, lads, Gary, I've, I've got to ask you one more, haven't I? Is it about Timo Werner? <laughs> what is that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I think we were all surprised there, mate. I didn't see that coming. Go on, give your opinion. I didn't think he looked like he had the skill set required for the Premier League, to be honest, while we had him. Um he he tried, but his his confidence just went. And once his confidence was there, he looked he looks like the kind of guy that's like he's probably quite strong, but he's almost like he sort of doesn't want to use it. He's quite lightweight. Um, he's very fast, but you don't get that sort of pacing behind. We certainly didn't the way we played. But you might be able to unlock it. It might be that you move the ball a lot quicker than we do, and you actually unlock his potential because like I'm sure there's a good player in there, and he started that Champions League final, but. He then didn't start any of the finals the next season because by then he was out of the team. And that was Tuchel, who was potentially almost sort of brought in to get the best out of him. I think, and to repeat, it's Sunday morning, but it, it does kind of look sort of 90, 95% likely that Timo Werner is joining Tottenham on loan. I think with him joining Richarlison, it's probably just as well that I don't have much hair. Gary, <laughs> Dara, let's have predictions before we finish. Go on, Gary, for the game next Saturday, obviously. Uh, I'll go for. I, I do think we'll win, but I don't think we'll get the three goals. So I'm, I'm going to go for two one to Chelsea, and then hopefully with the same in the Carabao Cup final. Dara, I kind of think the two one as well to Chelsea, but you know I've got to got to give something a little bit of Fulham, so I'll just say one all. Good lad. Yeah, narrow victory, I think, Gary. It's probably the, the most likely result. I actually think Iwobi's going to be quite a bit of a miss for you, actually, Dara, in terms of your energy, yeah, particularly so. on turnovers and trying to break quickly on Chelsea. I, I think he's going to be a miss from that perspective. So I'd give Chelsea the edge. But anyway, you'd rather win the Carabao Cup final, wouldn't you? Thanks very Indeed. much, gents. Uh, Suj will be back with me tomorrow for a look back on, obviously, the FA Cup weekend. Very importantly, the draw and what that means in terms of strategy. Yes, mark it down as basically your first chip strategy podcast of the season. We will have three COTCs between now and game week 22. Uh, I don't know the order as yet, but I can say most likely your next one will be Aston Villa versus Newcastle with Lee Jackson. And Simon Bibby, who's probably still drunk from winning at Sunderland on Saturday, but just sees me say, Gary, Dara, thank you very much, gents. Good luck. Cue music, please. Manchild. Fantasy Football Show.
Social Podcast Network.